Welcome to Second Breaks, a show where we explore midlife transitions and discover all the ways that we can thrive through them. My name is Lou Blazer, and if you don't know anything about me, I am the publisher of Midlife Cues, a weekly newsletter about intentional living and personal growth in our middle years. To check it out and subscribe, head on over to midlifecues.com. That's midlife, C-U-E-S, one word, dot com. there, I am thrilled to be kicking off a brand new series of episodes that's going to be all about midlife health and well-being. In this series, we're going to be diving deep into a number of things that affect our physical, our mental, and emotional well-being during the stage in our lives. Now, I am going to be joined by some experts in these conversations so that we can really get a good handle on what we need to understand. And uh, each episode is going to be packed with insights and strategies so that we can unlock the best, healthiest (laughs) version of ourselves. Now, we're going to be exploring the science behind rejuvenating our bodies, nurturing our minds, and building a balanced and healthy midlife. My goal in the series is for this to act like a like a personal mini guidebook, if you must, filled with actionable tips and expert advice so that we can make informed choices that can make a real difference in our overall health and well-being. Now, first up in the series, today, we're going to be talking about a fascinating topic that has gained such attention uh, in recent years. I'm sure you've heard about it, intermittent fasting. Now, you might be wondering, why is this something that midlifers like you and me would want to pay attention to? So let me tell you, this is not going to be a newsflash. But as we age, our bodies undergo tremendous changes. And uh, finding sustainable ways to maintain our energy, manage our weight, support overall health becomes really crucial, but also challenging. This is true for both men and women, but especially for women, because we also have to deal with all kinds of hormonal changes that affect our energy level, our metabolism, and our weights, among other things. So intermittent fasting offers a flexible and scientifically backed method that not only promotes weight management, but also provides a range of potential benefits such as improved mental clarity and increased energy. So for this conversation, I am joined by Lori Lewis. She's an intermittent fasting coach, an author, and the CEO of Fast Forward Wellness. Now, you're going to hear Lori talk about intermittent fasting. And one of the first things that she lays out very clearly is that this is not dieting. And she's made it her mission to really help other women find their way out of the typical traps of diet culture so that we can actually enjoy the foods that we like at the same time, feeling vibrant and feeling good about our bodies, ourselves, right? So in this episode, Lori lays the foundational principles behind intermittent fasting Uh, and what we can expect when we decide to embrace this way of eating. 
She clarifies what quote-unquote eating window means, and she outlines the best way for us to begin our intermittent fasting practice immediately, like today. Now, full disclosure, I was already familiar with intermittent fasting before chatting with Lori. I've read books about it, and I have tried it myself. So I went into this conversation with Lori from the perspective of someone who already believes in the benefits of intermittent fasting. You're going to hear me talk about why I got into it, uh, what I found easy, and the main challenges that I've... Oh, actually, just one. I only have one main challenge, sticking with the practice, and you're going to hear me talk about it. So one last thing before I transition to my conversation with Lori. As with anything else, when we're talking about changing our lifestyle, changing our diets, it's always a good idea to consult with your doctor or healthcare professional if you have specific medical concerns. All right, with that, let's get on with the conversation and I'll catch up with you at the back end. I found myself six years ago absolutely crushed by menopause and the results of uh, shifting into that time. I was 54 years old. I'm 60 now. And I menopause just pushed me down a dark hole of memory loss and aches and pains and, and feeling foggy and my equilibrium was off and I suddenly gained 50 pounds and nothing, I'm sure people know, can understand what that feels like, that nothing you're trying is working and it's taking so much effort. And, and so I was at this point where I thought, am I just supposed to throw in the towel and succumb to this idea that it's all downhill from here? And I was mm -hmm. clinging on to the edge of the cliff with my fingernails, just like, no. And of course I wanted to lose the 50 pounds, but more than anything, I just wanted to feel like myself again. What's myself feel like? Mm. We know what it feels like to not feel like ourselves, to have this kind of street brawl with, uh, with our hormones and the cravings. And it's such a struggle and effortful. And then we're getting these um, health markers that seem to be getting worse and worse and worse. And what many doctors are telling us now is this is just normal aging except it's not. It's not normal aging. These metabolic diseases really have been brought on in the last, you know, 50, 60, 70 years by um, our, some lifestyle choices, which I th feel like mm. aren't really our fault either. Like we're responsible for our own selves. At the same time, there's a lot of confusion. Our food is manufactured in a particular way. And so we could go off in a million directions. But to bring it back to your question, which is, as we age, does it get harder for people? Yes, <laughs> it does. And I'm here to say, for me, I figured out a way to have it actually be easier for people and easier for myself. So Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you work with both men and women? And, you know, later on in the conversation, we'll talk a little bit more about your work. But um, I'm asking because I wanted to see if you find a difference between the way that men, men's uh, weight challenges happen as they get older versus women's weight challenges as we get older. Yes. Well, I, I work with people, all people, 
but mostly <laughs> women aged, as I say, 44 to forever. And mm -hmm. so for every 100 people I work with, I would say I work with five men. And I've coached thousands of people over the last five years. And the, what's the same is when we are accustomed to, dare I say, addicted to ultra-processed foods, because we're rushed and exhausted and these foods have been manufactured and presented to us since, you know, post-World War II as time-saving and they last long on the shelf and they're inexpensive. And so now we just think eating crackers and, and chips and so forth isn't, that's normal food. And mm. um, so people, all people, men and women, uh, are dealing with the stress of modern life, the rush of modern life, a decline in health. And more and more medications, more and more aches and pains and inflammation, mm -hmm. more autoimmune diseases, more blood sugar and blood pressure imbalances. And mm -hmm. that I have found that, and we'll introduce the topic now, eating in an eating window, which is, you know, called intermittent fasting, eating in a pattern of time, which is what I coach people in, um, makes life easier. And it is counterintuitive. It's like, that sounds terrible. What do you mean? I can't eat whenever I want, whatever I want. It's like, right. So we so we consolidate our eating into an eating window, but it's 100% customized for each individual. And so in that regard, men and women are very much the same. Now, do men have the same hormonal chaos that a woman has as she's transitioning from pre-menopausal to through perimenopause, which is the transition years, to post-menopausal, which is being in menopause, um, we really, we're superheroes. We we really, most women, I, I come across maybe 5% of women have no symptoms of perimenopause and menopause. They just wake up one day and their period stopped and that's that. It's like, wow. But the rest of us, I don't know about you, but I checked all the boxes. If you look at a list of symptoms that a person can experience during these transition years, I checked them all mm -hmm. and uh, nothing I did worked to have me feel better. And I tried everything. Got it. Well, I I wanted to, there's something about you said about uh, processed foods and the ease, the perception that it's, well, it's not really perception. It is true. It's easier to like reach out for those processed foods, right? Than if That's we were right. to make our own foods and all that kinds of stuff. So I wanted to get back to that topic, but in a context of intermittent fasting, because you did introduce the term, the phrase, yes. and I do wanted to get into it. So just again, for level setting purposes, can you just lay out, I think we've heard intermittent fasting, the phrase, most of us anyway, have heard it now, but we probably have different sort of understanding of what Correct. it is really so would you mind just laying out the basic what the heck is it what the heck is it i would be glad to okay so if every day has 24 hours we basically carve the day into two parts the fasting hours and the eating window and so intermittent fasting is pausing from eating during those fasting hours. And so I want to put a little asterisk and, and a star next to that, which is not only pausing from eating, but pausing from taking in any nutrients or flavors 
Okay, so there's the fasting hours and the eating window. And and together, we'll figure out how does a person know, like how, how long and how to do it and if they're doing it right. And But um, you're correct that most people today have heard about intermittent fasting in the context of losing weight. But what I want to entice people with is this idea that having a fasting regimen every day One is the most counterintuitive way to get more energy. You'd be like, wait, that makes no sense. How do I get more energy and feel better when I pause from eating? Okay, I'll show you how. And the other piece of it is, it's not just for weight loss. It is not a diet. It Mm -hmm. is a pattern. It's a timing. And people are able, through this eating timing, this pattern, to turn around type 2 diabetes, to normalize their blood pressure, to balance their hormones, to get off their thyroid medication. I mean, it's just the list is long. Head to toe, you know, from your hair growing out faster and reducing migraines to, you know, my plantar fasciitis, debilitating, horrible pain on the bottom of my feet for 10 years I had it. I didn't start intermittent fasting to have the pain in my feet go away. But that was an outcome that happened within between month three and four that really surprised me that that pain disappeared and it's never returned. So one, it's not a diet. It's a timing. Two, it's not as hard as you would think. And three, it really matches the design of a human being's body throughout all human history, throughout evolution. Uh, we have been designed to thrive in a fasted state. We're brighter, sharper, faster, have more stamina, have more productivity and alertness when we refrain from eating. There's been food and no food and food and no food in all human history. And we're optimized actually in a fasted state. Now we live in a society where we it's it's a blessing and a curse. We have all the food around us that we could possibly want and mm-hmm. need. Uh, the curse aspect of it is that we now use food to cope with emotion. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And but the benefit is we get to say when we eat and what we eat. And starting with fasting daily as the foundation makes all of that easier. So I love sharing how life gets easier when a person discovers how to fast every day and have an eating window. So a couple of things there that I want to put a marker on, uh, Laura. So one, I am, I, I think I mentioned to you that I am personally interested in this because I've actually looked into intermittent fasting myself. I read a book about it myself. But it not not in the context of losing weight. I mean, I would love to lose weight as well. But I, my primary primary reason for reading it is because we have diabetes in our family, yes. and and so in in an attempt to naturally address that and maybe prevent or maybe even reverse that trajectory, um, I looked into intermittent fasting. Uh, so that's the reason. And so I'm glad that you mentioned it as well uh, as, you know, not just for losing weight, but for these other reasons. The one other thing that I wanted to clarify with you, though, um, is that isn't is it fair to say is that we are all naturally fasting when we go to sleep? 
yes. what we're talking about is extending that. So it's not unnatural. We are naturally fasting. That's right. Now, some people okay. do wake up in the middle of the night and have a bite of something or have a flavored drink next to their bed. Um, mm -hmm. But during those hours that a person is not intaking anything other than, you know, plain unflavored water, uh, if you wake up and in, in, in the night, uh, then yes, we are for seven or eight hours, approximately, m many people are sleep deprived, but let's cross our fingers and hope everybody's getting seven to eight hours of sleep. Yes. Then um, I actually, Lou, I liken fasting to sleep, like sleep for us isn't optional. We we don't decide, oh, I think I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm just going to, you know, pull an all-nighter because that's fun for me. That's ridiculous. We know that's bad for us. We know we won't feel well. And yet the same holds true with fasting. It's just we didn't know. I refer to my fasting hours as my repair hours, the healing hours, the time that I actually feel my best. And then I look forward to eating yummy, delicious, nutritious food later in the eating window of my choice that works for me. I've been fasting every day for six years now. I've never missed a day. And it, this proves the flexibility of it, that you can change yeah. your eating window depending on what you have going on. And I love that you looked into it because you have this family as you said, trajectory of type <laughs> two diabetes. And did you read right. Jen Stevens book, Fast Feast Repeat or Dr. Jason Fung, maybe the obesity uh, code? I read, there was one that I read yes to Dr. Fung. Yes. But, but before that, I there was a book, I can't remember who wrote it, but it said something like, uh, something like, something about postpone, delay, not. Don't deny. Jen Don't Stevens. deny. Something yes. like that. Yes, yes, so yes. She's so she's a yeah. great, that's called Delay, Don't Deny. And it was very successful self-published book. And Jen and I worked together for years. And um, she then published, wrote and published her book called Fast Feast Repeat, which is a New York Times bestseller. So oh, everything so she, she wrote learned. A second, uh, she wrote a book after the, the yeah. first, the one that I read. Yes. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. All right. Okay. So that first one is kind of like having... Uh, the read feels like having a conversation with a fun and funny, smart, very smart friend who's giving yes. you some guidance, but telling some good stories. And then everything she learned from that, and we started a Facebook group and grew it to about 300,000 people. Um, everything that she learned from all of that, she then took, she did so much research. And the second book called Fast Feast Repeat, that is a New York Times bestseller, I think is the best instruction manual, uh, mm -hmm. research, uh, evidence as to why, Q&A, like it's just mm -hmm. a fantastic resource for why a person would want to intermittent yes. fast and have an eating window and how to start uh -huh. and how to keep going. That's my favorite Okay. Book. Well, I'm glad that I picked, well, I'm definitely going to pick that one. I didn't realize that she read another one, but I... I have recommended the deny, de delay, what, don't deny. deny, don't deny yeah. book because to, of what exactly what you said, because it's very conversational. It's mm -hmm. very, it's as if I'm talking to a friend. Yes. It's not very scary. And for someone who's just like wanting to dip their toes into this or understand what is it that a lot of people are talking about, it's a fantastic book. And I'll put a link to those books 
on the show notes, of course, Beautiful. for our listeners. Um, but just a couple of sort of, I don't know if these are misconceptions, but just to kind of clarify. So some people, when they hear the word fast associated with, I'm not eating for a day or two days or, you know, that, the, that kind of stuff. And then there's the eating window that you had just mentioned. Can you differentiate between those two? Are they the same or is it well, a mixture of both? I love it. So fasting really is refraining consciously and deliberately, refraining from actual food, anything you chew up, <laughs> to flavored drinks. So people think, wait, isn't mint tea or lemon in my water or a smoothie okay? No, that's taking in nutrients. So what we want is we want to put the body in not only a complete digestive rest, but a hormonal rest where we're keeping insulin low, our hunger and satiety hormones are able to sort themselves out, gives time for deep cellular repair called autophagy, human growth hormone production ramps up. So if when a person can immerse themselves and learn all the health benefits of clean fasting, like true, actual, like purest fasting, not taking in any flavors or nutrients, then it's very motivating <laughs> to wait until later, until the eating window, to take in nutrients and flavors and food. So the way a person would do that would be, I start at the end of the day, Lou. So when people are like, well, what's the best eating window? It's like, okay, let's start at the end of the day so everybody can look at their day today and decide what's the last meal I'm going to eat today. So what time would I like to close my eating window today? And everybody just pick a time. So what what might it be for you? You think about, you know, when you're going to eat dinner today and when you might close your eating window. What would work for your schedule today? So personally, I try to not eat anymore after 6.30. Like Beautiful. By 6.30, I'm done. Excellent. Now other people are late night eaters, right? Have you, but mm -hmm. it's each person's choice. Okay. So everybody out there who's listening decide today, okay, I think I'll close my eating window at 430 or like Lou, that's 630 or 830. You get to say, then after that, we're fasting clean, which is plain unflavored water. And then in the morning, you can wake up and have plain unflavored water or plain unflavored black coffee. If you like coffee, you don't have to drink coffee. And if you like tea, plain unflavored black or green bitter tea. And the fourth aspect of a clean fast would be plain unflavored. You're getting the theme here. Plain unflavored water, coffee, black or green tea, and minerals or electrolytes. So plain unflavored magnesium or sodium. And the fifth element of a clean fast is your medications as prescribed. So People do not need to fret and wonder and worry if it's okay for them to take their medications as it says on the bottle. No, you should do it exactly as it says. So then if you closed your eating window today, Lou, at 6.30, I'd love mm -hmm. for you to add 12 hours, which would be mm -hmm. 6.30 tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. And could you wait until 6.30 a.m. to have your whatever kind of coffee you like or have a little breakfast is 6.30? Easy. Okay. Yeah, easy so if, for me. if that 12 hours is easy, what would pushing it out a little bit be for you? Um, that I skip breakfast all, or that I break my fasts at lunchtime. Okay. So that's pushing because I, I could pretty much delay taking in any 
nutrients until 10, 9. It, it, that's easy for me. That's not right. a challenge. Um, but yeah. So uh, the one, the, and the black coffee. I, I'm a coffee drinker. Yes. Uh, but I put milk in my coffee. I don't yeah. put sugar, but I put milk. So the, the, the not putting milk is also a challenge. That's right. So here's what people <laughs> need to do. They either need to, you know, buck up and be like, I'm doing it. I'm going to drink that black coffee or not drink coffee or, you know, to make it more palatable. People are like, no, I just need that hit of caffeine. I like the coffee. I'm going to shoot back an espresso or put it on ice or make it very weak. There are different strategies about how a person could tolerate black coffee. But many people just have a little or they're like, you know, tea is okay. Maybe I'll have a cup of tea to get the caffeine in me. And then I'll wait until later to open my eating window. And many people open their eating window with their coffee prepared how they like it. And mm. so you are suspecting that you generally have enough energy in the morning and don't need to eat any actual food until lunch. So I felt the same way when I started. Now, everybody's different. Some people that 12 hours is really hard for them to figure out. Like for people who eat and drink things right up until lights out. And then the minute they wake up, they start eating or drinking things to stretch to 12 hours is a real feat. So I want to acknowledge that that isn't easy for everyone. And that that 12 hours can really take something. So if you're like Lou and you're like, oh, no problem. I think I'll keep that clean fast until I eat lunch. Great. Go for it. That's how I started also. And then have a meal. And mostly in our culture, in our society, we tend to graze a lot and not actually put food on a plate, a variety of nutrients that fills us up and it feels nourishing and delicious and satisfying. And then, you know, we all want more time. We all want a little break, but we don't give it to ourselves and we mm -hmm. eat at the computer and we eat in the car and we yes. eat while we're rushing to this or that. It's like, oh, slow down. <laughs> so carve a little time out, make a meal for yourself, sit down, enjoy it, um, and then go about your day and then eat your next meal later, which sounds like for you, your dinner might be at 530 and that's you exactly close, right. close yeah. your eating window by 6.30. Now, that's a six and a half hour eating window. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly healing. So that's a, a 17 and a half hour fast mm -hmm. and a six and a half hour eating window. And maybe you'll find, oh, I don't have to eat right at noon. I could eat at 12.30. But you can get a squish it a little bit more. Now, Mm -hmm. Here's where we we figure out with each individual, what does your day look like, your work, your commute, mm -hmm. your fitness, your sleep, your pressure, mm -hmm. your, you know, you're going a million different directions. What are your goals, your weight goals, your health goals? How well do you feel right now? Or how well do you not feel right now? And how mm -hmm. urgent is it for you to feel better? And mm -hmm. fasting longer isn't better right? Like having a longer eating window and a shorter fast. That's not, you know, it's not better to have a longer fast and a shorter eating window. It's just different based on, is this working with your life and your goals? So I really mm -hmm. encourage each person to settle in for the first month to have your body be adjusted to a, a fasting 
an eating schedule that feels really good for your life. And what you just said, Lou, is like you could envision waiting till mm-hmm. lunch, waiting till noon, having your lunch, having your dinner, closing your eating window. And you'll discover that you might change that a little or you might keep that. But mm-hmm. we've got to do it for four weeks. And I yes. recently spoke with someone who they were like, I wanted to, you know, my brother-in-law's fasting and he does a 22-2 schedule. So we fast for 22 hours and eats a one meal in two oh. hours. And she's like, I, I tried it like him. And I'm like, not everybody, you know, that's great that that works for that guy. But that doesn't mean it has to work for you. It's got to be sustainable. You know, and then people, if it's too much too quickly, you just throw in the towel because you're just like, oh, it doesn't work for me. It was too much effort. It's too hard. And no, there's nothing about this. I want everybody to hear my voice in your ear. There's nothing about this that should be a struggle, stress, or strain. It shouldn't be a push. It could take some effort. It could take some focus. You might want to stretch a little bit like a good yoga class, but not push yourself to some sort of breaking point. So what we're after here is a beautiful way to live. And then once you're, as we call fat adapted and metabolically flexible, and your own body is tapping into your own body fat for fuel, um, you have a nice, good energy and you're doing it every day and you've done it for a, a month. Then in that second month, We can really play around with troubleshooting and what's working and what's not working for you. And are you seeing some of the results that you were after? So I really encourage people to settle in gently and commit yourself to at least four weeks and then settle in for that second month. And if if people... um, feel like they're not feeling better pretty quickly. I want to hear from you because what part of the most important (laughs) aspect of my work is having people feel better right away. (laughs) Right. That is beautiful, Lori. Um, Can we talk about what we eat during the eating window? Because this is, I think for me, this is where I find or maybe this is the Western way of looking at things. It's, there's always like, I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing, <laughs> I'm not doing this right. But anyway, because, and also this is to bring back what you mentioned earlier, which is, you know, to some degree, our addiction to processed foods. So yes. I don't have a problem with soda or cakes and pastries and stuff like that, because I just generally am not a sweet tooth person kind of thing. So I, I generally don't have a problem not eating those things. But I do love pasta and bread and savory carbs, basically. Yes. And so are we, when we're saying eating window, uh, delay, don't deny, am I eating those things during those eating during my eating windows or am I not supposed to eat those things or what am I supposed to do or not do? (laughs) Perfect question. Because then people say, oh, I opened my eating window, but what am I supposed to eat? So (laughs) perfect question. Now, I entire buffet table, (laughs) right? I coach people in kind of a backwards way from how other health coaches or physicians may coach people in nutrition and changing habits. I believe that it is much easier to start a clean fasting regimen and having an eating window. That is much easier than changing your food. Changing your food is very emotional, 
it gets complicated for people. They're following all these lists. They're trying to do these things that they don't normally do and buy all this stuff and spending a lot of money. And, and they throw, you know, get, get exasperated and overwhelmed and emotional about food. So let's do it another way. So start with that clean fasting. Inch along, mm -hmm. have your fasting hours increase, have your eating window shrink, have it be comfortable with your life and your mood and you know your so forth. And then when you open your eating window, eat normally. Okay, what's you know, air quotes, normally. What's normally? Well, what do you normally eat? <laughs> what do you like? While you were fasting, you know, we'll bring Jen Stevens' book back into it, delay, don't deny. You were like, okay. I don't have to deny, she says, I don't have to deny myself the delicious foods I love to eat. I'm just going to eat them later. So delay, don't deny. Now, the amazing, one of the most amazing things that happens for people who fast clean and eat later in an eating window is that a phenomenon that Dr. Bert Herring coined called appetite correction starts kicking in appetite, he's a metabolism expert. Appetite correction is where the apostat, the appetite center in our brain that regulates hunger and satiety hormones and starts working correctly. When we're an animal, which we are, and in our lives with food all around in total abundance, we're eating constantly. And by eating, I mean, taking in flavors and nutrients, like 20, you know, all the way from waking until sleeping, that apostat doesn't work. And so we don't really, we aren't tuned into the foods that our body is asking for, the nutrients our body's asking for. We aren't tuned into the quantity of food that our body is asking for today. We're just like ravenous all the time because ultra-processed food keeps us starving. So that, that craving. So I say, eat normally. And then as the weeks and then the month progresses, your body will start doing two things. In that quiet, people say it gets very quiet, that discernment, that being tuned in, that reverence of, of and caring about what your body is saying to you, it will start saying to you, I'm full now. It will start saying to you, eat an apple or broccoli, broccoli, broccoli. And you're like, I don't even like broccoli. And your body's like, we do now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's hard to imagine when it hasn't happened to you. But when mm -hmm. it does, you'll be like, ah, that's what that Lori Lewis said that I've experienced mm -hmm. this appetite correction, which is mm -hmm. tuning into what foods make you feel well, what foods do not make you feel well, and that mm -hmm. you're relationship with your amazing body and feeling well will override you saying, but I want that. <laughs> and then what often happens is people lose interest in the foods that they thought they, they yes, craved. Yeah. They lose interest in the foods that they currently are eating all the time. So when your eating mm -hmm. window opens, eat normally. I do want mm. people to establish a habit of putting food on a plate and sitting down and give yourself a little break and eat that food and stop when mm -hmm. hunger is gone. Stop when you're satisfied. Get up, carry on, go about your life. Mm -hmm. Notice how much we do mindless emotional eating and yeah. try and save your eating for the next meal. 
and have that be satisfying and delicious. And then over time, our own body will start to inform us of what it should eat more of and what it should eat less of. But in the beginning, eat what you normally eat and notice how you feel. Gotcha. Do you do you hear uh, when I was talking to my sister about intermittent fasting? Uh, the one thing that she told me, and I've heard this from other people too, is that because there are meds, they have to take meds three times a day with meals. That means they can't do intermittent fasting. Oh, is that, not have true. you heard that? Yeah. So <laughs> everybody needs to look at their medications. Okay. So if you're mm-hmm. thinking of starting having an eating window, start gently, mm-hmm. start with the 12, mm-hmm. 12 inch along. Okay. So mm-hmm. then you want to look at what are my goals? What do I want to affect? What do I want to impact? So you want to ward off type 2 diabetes and have nice, normal blood sugar and have your A1C below, you know, mm-hmm. 5.5. Um, other people want to shed weight. Other people want to not have migraines anymore. So you, you, other people want to reduce their triglycerides and increase their HDL. Like we all have our lab work and our health markers, and we want to move the things that are red or yellow into the green, right? (laughs) So you look at your health markers, you look at what your goals Mm -hmm. are, you look at the medications that you're currently taking. And Mm -hmm. if you can move them to your eating window, you should do that. Great. Mm -hmm. Have your medication. Sometimes medications are to be taken in the morning on an empty stomach. You should do that. Mm -hmm. So if a person, oftentimes antibiotics, for example, you have to take with food um, in the morning, you can move your eating window to whenever you need to take the medication. Or if you like an afternoon or an evening eating window, and you need to take medication in the morning with food, you should have it with a bite of fat. Okay, it's not an invitation to have a whole meal or have a whole snack. And the reason of fat is fat has the least uptick in insulin. Insulin is Mm -hmm, regulates blood sugar, but it also is a fat storage hormone. So when we're fasting, one of our intentions is to keep insulin low. So you have a little bite of fat. And the other benefit of the fat is that it's a good buffer for the medication. So it can ward off, you know, having an upset stomach or nausea. And so a bite of fat would look like a spoonful of heavy cream or a spoonful of full fat yogurt, a spoonful of avocado, a spoonful of olive oil for that, (laughs) you know, tastes okay to you. So a bite of fat, take the medication and just carry on. And does it technically break your fast? Yes, but that's the very best way to keep fasting and also take your medication as prescribed. Got it. And then, of course, it doesn't, eating window, it doesn't mean, like, if I were to use myself as an example, it doesn't mean lunch, dinner, or like 12 to 6.30. It could be my eating window could have been 6 a.m. to noon. It doesn't mean, yes. it doesn't ha- mean anything. It doesn't mean that, oh, you have to have dinner. You know, it doesn't have it moves around. Yes. Most people choose dinner because that's what works in our society. We get off work, we have dinner with our family or dinner with friends, or we go out, you know, so Mm -hmm. socially and with our families, yes, having dinner tends to be what people choose, lunch and dinner Mm -hmm. or a late, you know, snack and dinner. But if someone wants to wake up and have breakfast at 630 and close your eating window by noon, go for it. Like you get to say. You get to say what makes you feel happy. 
You said you've been doing intermittent fasting for years now. Did you say five years or six, six. years, something like six. that? So, during those years, you've always stuck to your window. You've never yes. not eaten outside of your window. Or what did you do when you had to eat outside of your window? Because it's Thanksgiving holiday. Yes, whatever holiday. That's whatever. right. So I so every here's how I say it every day. For six years, I have had an eating window. That means mm -hmm. I wake up and I look at my day and I'm like, what does my day hold? Oh, it's a big celebration. Or, oh, I'm going to the farmer's market in the morning and I like their breakfast burritos, you know? So I have every day been consciously and deliberately had an eating window and it changes. But in the beginning, I really recommend that people, again, start gradually, but settle in to what you're discovering might be your sweet spot, what eating window feels really good to you. And I recommend being pretty consistent with that in the beginning. Now, if someone invites you somewhere, or it's a bridal shower or a wedding weekend or a thing or a vacation, you can expand it, you can move it. But the reason for the consistency, especially in the beginning, is that you want to you want to get in that groove. You don't want to let yourself off the hook because, you know, we're in diet mindset and diet culture, which yeah. is, oh, I'll open my eating window early today and I'll just get back on track tomorrow. That's more of diet culture, diet mindset. So yes. we want yeah. you choosing your eating window today that works for your body and your schedule. And, I, I, you know, I'll quote Jen Stevens again from that book, Delay, Don't Deny. She says, um, Saturdays are not a special occasion. They happen every week. <laughs> okay, so now that's not to say someone could have a four-hour eating window Monday through Friday and a six or an eight-hour eating window on Saturday or Sunday if that's how you want to design it. Or some people mm -hmm. are the opposite. They're like, I have it a little longer during the week and tighten it up on the weekends. So it's customized. You start gently, you get into your groove, and then you adjust it as needed. But then, usually at about the second, third month, we start troubleshooting, like what's working? What are the areas where it's a struggle for you? Are you, you know, do your, are your clothes fitting more loosely? Is your blood sugar stabilized? Some, a lot of people are wearing a continuous glucose monitor and they can see their blood sugar in real time. And mm -hmm. um, fasting really helps stabilize that, which is very exciting. So it is flexible. And so yes. I have eaten in an eating window every day for <laughs> almost six years because i feel so well yeah it's not like you know what's that i could never do that the the 30 whole day thing because you have it's like if you mess up on day five or whatever it is you have to start all over again and there's no flexibility whatsoever during the 30 days and i just i have never been able to do it and i yeah. you know raise my hand to those who like I, you know to those who are able to but i've just not been um, so like you said, it's not a diet. It's more like a, a habit, a lifestyle, a choice of this is how I eat. This is how I, because this is how I do well. This is how I feel when I feel the best way. So, yeah. When people say to me, oh, I tried intermittent fasting. I've never felt better, but it didn't work for me. I'm like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> it's like, Can you hear that? It's like, you actually felt really well 
but somehow whatever didn't work for me. Okay, did you, what did your health, what happened with your health number? So when people say it didn't work for me, they usually mean the scale didn't move as quickly or at all. And that's where the troubleshooting comes in, right? So gotcha. that's when once you get in your fasting groove, and as they say, they never felt better. It's like, great. <laughs> I mean, that's a that positive much, result. That's truly astonishing. I've, uh, you know, I'm sleeping better. My digestion is better. My skin cleared up. Like my skin tags fell off. I my plantar fasciitis went away, but it didn't work for me. Okay, so, <laughs> so I understand for sure that people want to feel good in their bodies and they want their clothes to fit nicely. And if they've gained weight, as many women do in menopause and many men and women do as we age, people do want to lose weight. So I don't want to diminish that or, you know, make fun of that. I wanted to. I gained 50 pounds. I did not feel my like myself in any way whatsoever. It did not feel right. good. And I had a box of clothes you know, from 2012, that I thought still were cute that I wanted to wear again. And that was my goal. There was a goal on the scale. And there was a goal in terms of how my clothes fit. But that is not the only reason to start eating mm -hmm. in an eating window that the first thing we look at is how do you feel? And is this working with your life? And mm -hmm. then how are certain foods making you feel? And then I start working with people on your trigger foods and foods that make you feel poorly and foods that you eat when you're rushed and exhausted and on the go. And then most importantly, those foods you love that love you back. And we build that list together so that mm -hmm. when you're fasting, you're feeling so great and you're healing hours and you know your body's in repair and then you're looking forward with happy anticipation to that meal or those meals that you're going to eat later because you know you love those foods and they love you back and right so about you know people think well i thought i was supposed to be able to eat whatever i want with intermittent fasting um well you can because nobody else is going to tell you what to eat <laughs> you should start out by eating normally but remember you're in a relationship with your own body and if your body is telling you you shouldn't be eating some certain categories or types of food because you don't feel well and you get achy and it makes your stomach bloat and you don't sleep as well and that you're not able to shed weight because you're eating too much refined sugar or you know corn chips then right. you need to to honor the relationship with your body and not you know you're not following someone else's food list it's, it's funny, as you were saying it that way, it just hit me that, you know, people with food allergies, they pay attention, right? So if they eat fish or shrimps, they feel itchy, oh. so they stop eating those fishes and shrimps, right? So it's yep. the same thing if you eat a lot of cakes and you feel sort of stomach achy afterwards, then maybe the body's telling you, I don't like a lot of ache of cakes. Don't right. feed me a lot of cakes. <laughs> and I wish it were that easy, right? So what you, what you just observed and expressed is so mm. obvious, right? But right. in reality, we are so emotional about food and what we what we either deserve or have earned or i just need a break you know so i encourage people to start noticing when you're fasting clean and then you delay don't deny of you your eating window later and you open your eating window and you have a meal and then you notice how much we just naturally just pop things or something stressful happens and we feel like we 
we deserve, we need, we need to cope with this challenge by eating something that gives us comfort in the moment. And Mm -hmm. that, that is definitely understandable. And it's a habit that we can leave in the past for sure. Yeah. And, and establish a much healthier relationship with our own emotions, a healthier relationship with food, a healthier relationship with our body. And intermittent fasting really provides, I liken it to, of of all the things a person cares about, your fitness, your food choices, your sleep, your meditation, your relationships with others, your work performance, all of those things are improved when you become a person who fasts clean and eats in an eating window, which I know sounds mm-hmm. wild. It's like people are like, I just thought it was a diet. No, every part of your life will get better. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, Lori, you've mentioned a few times throughout our conversation that when you work with people, what do you actually do? How do you work with people? Well, I started, I was a Zoom pioneer, Lou, back in the day when no one had. So I went to a wedding in October of 2018, I had been coaching people like having little conversation one on one conversations. But Mm. a bunch of friends cornered me and they were like, you have to have a class. And I was like, Oh, a class (laughs) and and right. And so it was October. And then I was like, Okay, they convinced me that they really wanted me to guide them and lead them and motivate them and instruct them. So I said, okay, if we're doing this, we're going to start now. And they're like, now it's October. It's like Thanksgiving's coming up and Christmas and New Year's. And I'm like, okay, look, they're like, we're not going on an eating plan over the holidays. I'm like, it's not an eating plan. I promise at any time of the year, any day you choose, starting with today, if you close that eating window, and fast clean and sleep and wake up tomorrow and have plain water and plain black coffee and and wait until later to eat, you have started this thing. And that Mm -hmm. can be done at any time. So we did. And that first class, I had, I think, 18 or 19 people. And we met on Zoom for 10 weeks through the holidays. So I still do that. I just completed um, last holiday season, last winter, my fifth uh, upcoming will be my sixth holiday program where we go f- from Halloween candy to New Year's bubbly <laughs> and into January to eating yes. in an eating window and loving the festive mm-hmm. foods and drinks that you enjoy. So mm-hmm. that's one. I lead programs on Zoom. I also, okay. once people have worked with me, I have a group membership where people stay for a year and I answer all their questions and support them for a year. And I also coach people one-on-one. And I have clients in Kuwait and New Zealand and Japan and Europe and every everywhere. It's and of course in the US and Canada. So it's that is awesome. So Lori, where is the best place for people to find out about you and your programs or any of the stuff that you do? My business is called Fast Forward Wellness. So it's fastforwardwellness.com. And um People can download a checklist if you want to start. There's a reminder of the things that I've said here that some of the benefits and check, 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 make sure you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Then scroll through and, and see some of the health benefits and look at the different ways that I can guide and support people. And my whole goal is to have people trust themselves and trust their bodies and have this just magnificent, uh, delicious nurturing relationship with your own body 
And uh, mm-hmm. that's living the dream. If every person would say, when's your eating window today? <laughs> then I would know yes. that people were really committed to their wellness and feeling well. And even mm-hmm. someone who says, my eating, my fasting and eating schedule is 12-12, that would show me that the person was conscientious about putting their body into that healing state for at least 12 hours a day, getting that repair, and then eating you know, being aware, like, did I get my 12 hours? That speaks volumes about a person's uh, uh, care for their for their health. Well, this has, um, this conversation has um, reignited way, <laughs> my desire to stick with it. I wouldn't say that it didn't work for me. What what I did was I ran into problems. My problem primarily is with my coffee. It, it, it is 100% my coffee because I love a coffee in the morning. And the challenge is that I um, have milk with my coffee. Yes. And so I have to just like review that, revisit that bit. But uh, this conversation has reminded me of why I wanted to get into intermittent fasting anyway and to adopt this lifestyle so thank you so much for this conversation oh it's my pleasure i want people to live longer but i also want you to feel better today so it's about today and it's also about 40 years from now <laughs> and we we have control we we really can affect yeah, we can totally how we feel today that, right yes exactly. Yeah, exactly it's very exciting i love that you are reinvigorated At 25, I was right around the corner from the moment I woke up and asked myself or had the thought, I think this Diet Coke isn't good for me. I was kind of in a fog. I didn't feel bright and energized. I was kind of dragging at 25. Four years later at 29 is when I had the thought, I think this Diet Coke isn't good for me. And that was the beginning of my studying nutrition and deciding that soda and different ultra processed foods were not my friend. And that was a very pivotal time at my life. In my life, I didn't feel great when I was 25. I feel so much better now at 60. So, and now I am <laughs> a 60 year old person without any aches and pains or medications. I'm at my ideal weight. I sleep well, and I have the great honor, like the absolute joy of my life to help and guide and listen to other people and what you're dealing with and have you feel better. So this is just worth my life. This is what I, you know, came to this life for. I want to thank Lori Lewis again for sharing her experience and insight with us you're gonna find all the links to her website to your social media uh the resources that we mentioned in this episode on the show notes at secondbreaks.com now as i mentioned earlier this is the first of a series of episodes on midlife health and well-being if you haven't yet now is the perfect time to hit subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss the rest of the episodes of the series. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Amazon Music, or wherever it is that you like listening to podcasts. Thank you, my listener friends, for joining me today. And if you liked this episode or the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you do me a solid and share it with a friend or two. 
Okie dokie, I'll be back with a new episode in a couple of weeks. Until then, keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans.